A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of Believe is brought to you by Cryptid Coffee Co. Use promo code BELIEVE on checkout for 10% off their Angry Yowie Coffee Blend. Head over to cryptid.com.au to check them out. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Cade Moyer, and you are listening to the Believe Paranormal and UFO Podcast. If you have had an encounter and would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen and head on over to our website, believepod.com, and consider becoming a member to get bonus episodes and video content. Tonight I'm joined by Brent and Brent comes on the show to share a lifetime of psychic experiences. Brent, welcome to the show, mate. Oh, hi, Cade. Thanks for having me. Look, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show and uh, share some stories. And uh, thanks for everybody who's listening, for giving their time. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience to be here. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on because uh, your your email was quite unique. And one of the things that I, I like to do with this podcast is I try to get very unique encounters on because uh, if I got the same kind of encounter on over and over and over, it doesn't really help the the person who's had something out of the box happen to them. And uh, you are probably one of the more out of the box people when it comes to the psychic experiences that you've had throughout your life. So where did this really start for you, Brent? And kind of just walk us through that that timeline to essentially where we are today. Yeah, sure. Well, um, uh, yeah, as I said, I really appreciate this, this chance to, to share my stories. And uh, um, I think that a lot of people listening to this show uh, we'll probably have had similar sort of things, uh, similar sort of experiences to what I've had. But um, the stories that I'm going to share are actually stories that I've never really shared with anybody else. And it, I'm, I say that not because um, I'm sort of worried about them. I mean, a, a lot of people who come on your show do feel a bit worried about if they told their stories, would people laugh at them? And that that's a bit of a factor for me too but really I've never had a forum or an audience who I thought would be interested in what I have to say so you know uh, kudos to you for having this podcast and letting people like me come on and um, talk about them so strictly speaking I can't really uh, 
recall what I've had uh, encounters in the classical sense of, um, you know, a lot of your listeners will say something, I'll, I'll combine them here, like a, a UFO orb driven by a shape-shifting ghost Joey portaled into my <laughs> living room and abducted me and <laughs> took me to another world. It, it doesn't come in quite like that. So it's more an inner experience that things that can't be explained in ordinary terms. Uh, and I think a lot of people probably have come across this in their lives. If you ask anybody or almost anybody at random, they was if you said, has anything unusual happened to you in your life? They'd probably say, yeah, well, there was this one time when this happened to me. So um, the I'll go, I'll go back and I'll, I'll start chronologically, uh, which will help. Um, so the first unusual thing that happened to me or glimpse that I first got was when I was about four years old and uh, it was my first uh, lucid dream and if people don't really know what a lucid dream is it it's a state of dreaming where you know that you are dreaming basically so it's like being awake in a dream now this um, this experience I'll call it an experience was very unprecedented. I'd never had a lucid dream before. I'd never been in this state where I, I was aware that I was dreaming. It was also quite um, uh, out of the blue. I didn't plan to do it. I was only four years old or something like that. It was very powerful and um, very surprising. And even now I can still remember, still remember it. I can still access it, even though it's been almost like 60 years or something. Um, so, Basically, the dream is about being on board a craft, a UFO of some sort. Um, and so the dream, and I'll, I'll just basically go through the dream, was set in the backyard of a house where we used to live uh, on South Road in Adelaide. Now, if, you, if anybody knows Adelaide or comes from Adelaide, they know that South Road is a very busy street. It's the main uh, road going to the south. And uh, at the time, we... We were living in a place which was on the edge of the city, not really the edge of the city, but uh, it, it was a bit undeveloped. It was still one of the developing suburbs. And so we had a place that had two blocks joined together. And um, so we had a big backyard and there was a, uh, a seven foot wooden fence uh, and a large grass area, you know, a bit of concrete like a patio and things like that. And so my dream is that I was, I saw myself, I, I remember viewing myself from above, looking directly down on top of my head. I could see my my hair, my you know, what I was wearing. I could see it all really, really uh, clearly. And um, then suddenly, almost out of the loop, without any sense of transition or movement or anything, I was in a craft. Uh, which I understood to be a UFO, some distance above, maybe 100 metres above me. And um, in that in that sea, in that craft, I was in the presence of a being or some figure or something. And we were having a conversation about the scene that I'd just uh, seen myself in. Uh, and it wasn't, wasn't really a conversation. It was more like instant thought transference, like a um, shared knowing. And... What, what really surprised me about this and as at, in the dream and as I remember, remember it now is that um, at this age, I was only four years old, I didn't really know 
what a UFO was. Um, I might have seen them on TV, but I was basically still just watch Bugs Bunny or something like that. Uh, but I suddenly I seemed to know that this was where I was. And um, I don't remember the craft as such. Uh, I just knew it was a UFO. And um, it was quite large. And I was in some sort of control room of some sort of control room area. And there were other beings or, or entities or whatever. Um, I didn't really look at them uh, as I saw engaged with, in this conversation with this uh, being who was next to me. But I had a sense that they were human or humanoid or whatever. And um, the main figure that I was interacting with, with was certainly, it seemed like a regular person, a normal person, quite friendly, quite benevolent, almost like a grandfather figure, but not an old person necessarily. And uh, we seemed to sort of have uh, a rapport or a familiarity, which indicated to me that we'd known each other for a while or we were connected somehow or, um, you know, this was nothing out of the ordinary. And, um, in fact, being on this this UFO seemed quite normal to me. Um, so this character or this being that I was talking to gave me the feeling, as I look back on it now, I can use this term because I know what it means, it, for people, easy for people to understand, it's a bit like a spirit guide. So if you could imagine an alien humanoid spirit guide, then that's what, uh, uh, that's the sort of person I was talking to, although very much like a, a real life flesh and blood being. Um, as I said, we didn't use words, we were sort of connecting. Uh, with, in telepathic mind speak, which was really, really efficient and really, really quick. You know, you could have a, di a complete dialogue in almost the blink of an eye. And we were discussing um, the situation I'd just been in, where I saw myself from on top. And um, we, as we were having this sort of very rapid, instant dialogue, I realised, or I was made aware that I had actually died in the backyard where I'd been standing. And I could, I had the choice, I had the ability. This is this is where the dream suddenly became lucid because I realized that this was all a dream and that I had the ability to rewind it. I could do it all over again and continue living if I wanted to. And so um, at this time, I said, well, yeah, of course. Of course I want to uh, go on living. So I said, yeah, let's let's hit rewind. Let's reset everything. And um, when that thought happened, I was immediately, I immediately left the craft or I was not in the craft, but back in normal reality somehow. I don't remember if I woke up straight away um, or if I still stayed asleep and woke up uh, as usual, but I do remember that when I woke up, I felt really kind of perplexed or not confused, but a little bit out of sync with what's going on. And, you know, I was thinking, wow, what's, what's real? What's a dream? What's, you know, what is reality? <laughs> it's kind of a deep philosophical question for a four-year-old. But um, the only thing that was really different, that really st stuck out in my mind was... Um, 
this dream was incredibly intense, incredibly clear, and very, very vivid in my mind. And as I say, it's still stuck with me today. It's incredible that you remember that so well at, from being so young. For it to stick in your memory kind of shows that was a, a like a, a core memory, just to kind of put it in the simplest terms. Yes, well, that's right. So um, it, it, I, you know, don't want to try and blow my own horn, but I do have a pretty good memory. It seems better than average memory. Like um, I'd probably do well on um, some of those game shows like, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, (laughs) Anyway, those ones where you answer questions because I'm always, I sometimes watch them and I say, oh yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that. Not all of them. I do have blind spots like like fashion or sports or (laughs) some, you know. (laughs) We don't play rugby here, so... I don't know. I don't get the rugby ones. Anyway, um, but yeah, look, I, I saw what I didn't see. I, I heard um, Mary Wat- Rodwell talking on um, another. Sh- not, I don't think it was your car- podcast. It was maybe Sarah Bignall's podcast. Anyway, or, or one of the others, and uh, she she was saying, uh, if people who don't know Mary Rodwell, she's um, uh, a uh, hypnotherapist I suppose you'd say she was a retired nurse and she does a lot of work with people who've been on uh, been abducted or had alien encounters and things like that and she says that dreams of alien encounters are more likely to be real if they are easily remembered as most dreams seem to fade away within a few seconds of waking up and this is definitely as I said definitely been decades and decades it's still not, not crystal clear but it's still very strong so, um, you know, I, I, as I said, I can't claim that I actually had a physical encounter, but it it, it was very, very real. Um, so the, the thing about this dream uh, is that I didn't put it together until some years later when I was actually thinking about it, is that I connected another experience I had in the backyard of the house uh, where we were living. Now... As I said, South Road is a main road connecting the city to the southern suburbs and has lots of traffic going backwards and forth all the time. And um, the t- at the time we were living there, we had a family dog who used to run up and down, barking at these cars and going crazy, you know. And um, he was he was a bit of a mean dog to most people, but he seemed to get on well with me. And you know, I I was at, I was one of the few members of the family who actually had a good relationship with him. So I was. Um, standing near him uh, one day at the fence and um, when suddenly like out of the blue something struck me on the top of my head like I I remember it was like a a, a jolt like bam Uh, and you know suddenly I was in I wasn't very it was very very briefly I wasn't actually in a different realm but I don't know if you know what it's like getting hit on the head and you're suddenly a bit con- not concussed, but you know, you don't know where you are. Oh yeah, and yeah. I've been in, I've been hit in the head more times than I'd like to care. <laughs> care yeah, for. yeah, yeah. Look, it happens. You know, heads and objects often meet, and <laughs> people get that experience. So, look, just for the briefest split second, you know, bam, I was in this altered dreamlike state or whatever. And it, it's not that I remember that as being the UFO, but. Um, 
it it's something that I connect. I can now connect those two experiences. So I was knocked down and started crying because I was only four years old. My mother came out and, you know, a bit of blood was coming out and it was a nasty knock. But it was not so bad that I'd go to the doctor or anything like that. You know, she put me to bed or put an ice pack on it. And it was, um, uh, you know, it all, <laughs> it was all okay. And um, she was a bit of a, my mother's a bit of a sleuth or, uh, you know, she likes to investigate these sort of things and she talked to her friends who talked to their friends or whatever and they found out that it was a couple of boys, a couple of schoolboys who um, threw a uh, half a red brick, if you know what that, you know, if you'd imagine that, um, over this fence at the dog that was running backwards forwards. They thought it would be a good idea to throw a, a brick at this dog and see if they could hit him or get him worked up or whatever. And so... And I know this because they turned, my mother found out who they were and got them to turn up at the door one day and they apologized and, uh, you know, were very, very um, apologetic about the whole thing. Um, But when I look back on this, when I connect these two, where I was standing when I got hit by the brick was exactly the same spot, exactly the same orientation and everything as my dream. Oh, really? Yes. I mean, look, um, I might be getting that wrong after these, like I say, many decades, but from what I remember and what I can tell you, hand on my heart sort of thing, uh, the same thing happened. So I would, I don't know if these things are 100% connected, but for me, I, I think they would be. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have died from a hit on the head with a brick it is possible it wasn't as bad as i thought so maybe obviously it didn't happen um so um i have done a a fair bit of research and a lot of uh reading or uh listening to podcasts and like yours and things like that and um there are people who describe this in near-death experiences or uh, psychic experiences where they have this rewinding of the death experience, okay? So, and especially this this idea of dialogue with the guides, this element, okay? So it, it happens, and um, some people say it will happen to everybody several times in their lives, and they, they don't even know about it because, of course, you've rewound and you've reset and you continue on your life. Um, so uh, things like near misses or that miraculous near miss you know you're riding that motorbike too fast going around the bend and there was a you know a kangaroo in the middle of the road and you swerved and you drove the bike like like you know better than evil Knievel would you know or sudden sudden you know miraculous thing like that happens or or whatever often they say people will say often these things are when we have actually died gone uh, to a another realm or gone to a higher plane or whatever it is had a bit of a discussion thinking no no this is not quite what i want i want to rewind the whole thing go back and uh, you know keep on going so um that's whether, interesting isn't it yeah yeah. That uh, it 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 kind of makes you think about 
every close encounter that you've you've had with danger and kind of go, did I did I get a second chance there? Yes, well, that's right. Um, and it, it's not something we can ob- objectively prove. You, you can't have evidence because you, it, it's been rewound, and so there is no evidence. But um, it's something that seems true to me. And, uh, um, you know, it's uh, it really gives us an indication about memory and what happens in our lives and how we um, construct our lives. Now, I know that, for example, um, uh, a lot of people have come on your show and said they've had an encounter with a Yowie, for example, um, and they will say, oh, yeah, I was there with uh, my mates and we saw this Yowie, but, you know, the person next to them said, no, I didn't see that, it was a kangaroo. Or, or whatever you know they people can um, alter their memories or maybe the maybe yaois or aliens or whoever can can alter them for us and uh, you know we, it gives you makes you think a little bit about the uh, uh, perception of reality yeah you know, yeah it, definitely and you know you, you're right it, it is something that you hear fairly regularly when it comes to to these types of encounters with uh you know like basically paradigm breaking um situations that some some people's realities fracture too much for them to to really comprehend it and and some people fully embrace it and completely understand everything that's happened to them Yes, that's right. So, um, I, as I said at the beginning of the uh, the talk here, that you know, what I've got is not anything, you know, really, really unusual. But I suppose it's the matter, it's the uh, fact that I've picked up on it, or you know, I might have just dismissed that dream, and I might not have put the two. Uh, two events or two incidents together and made that connection. But, you know, I sort of picked up on it and, uh, you know, it's all about noticing. And so, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people, um, desensitize themselves by sort of saying, no, that doesn't fit in my, my worldview. And they, they, you know, disregard it and they basically, um, desensitize themselves to, to what's going on. Um, Look, that's that's sort of the the end of that that one because I've never I never had um, other dreams about UFOs. It's never happened to to me before, um, and uh, but it, or not before, but it never happened to me since. And uh, you know, I can't say that I've seen UFOs or anything like that. Um, I have had. Uh, I'll tell you uh, a little bit of about a um, the an out-of-body experience I had. Uh, I don't think that was in the email, but um, it has to do with the dog that was um, uh, running up and down the fence, barking at the cars. Uh, And um, very, not very soon, but three or four years after that event with the uh, UFO and the brick in the head, uh, my family moved up into the Adelaide Hills, up into the uh, an old house, which is a bit creepy when, when you're very young because it was very, you know, there's no one around. It was the nearest neighbour was like, um, you know, 
three or four hundred meters away, and that then there was nothing. Um, and um, when we moved up there, the dog we had came with us, but he was getting a bit old by then, and uh, he didn't really like uh, living there. You know, even though there were rabbits to run after, and you know, lots of bush to explore, he's getting very old, and he, you know, he eventually died. Well, uh, without any cars to chase, it lost all interest in living. And my father carried him away and buried him near an old stone cottage at the bottom of the driveway to our place, um, where you know he didn't want all the kids to see where the, the dog was getting buried. Um, and nothing happened, you know. I'd, I'd forgotten about the dog. I'd forgotten about all of this uh, until. I was probably so we moved there when I was about seven so when I was about 24 24 or 25 I think I was actually staying I was living in this uh, cottage you know had to, to move away from the house and um, have a bit of space and um, I was sleeping in the bed uh, in the front room and probably about eight o'clock in the morning eight or nine o'clock in the morning um, I was asleep but you know you're that drowsy sort of state where you you know you know it's morning you're sort of half awake half asleep and I suddenly felt on my feet on my legs this weight pressing down and um, when I woke up I, I could feel that it, it was this dog this dog that had died 12 13 years before or whatever it was and um you know, I was really surprised. You know, very happy to see him. So I reached down, I was patting him, and um, I don't know why he was there. He was just sort of there to say hello. He wasn't really trying to comfort me or protect me or aid me in any way or do anything. He was just there, and it was really strange. And I was thinking, oh, you know, his name was Tigger. I actually tried to say Tigger, Tigger, you're here. And when I tried to say that, I suddenly realised that I wasn't in my body couldn't speak because I was actually half sitting up out of um, out of my body sort of my top half of my torso was out and I was patting this dog which was you know really sort of like a ghost dog or something I suppose and once that happened once I realized that then suddenly I snapped back into my my physical body and was you know jolted awake instantly awake and um, yes, yeah, sat up and it was like very, very, uh, again, very disor- disorienting, you know, a little bit of confusion there. Yeah, that but, would be. That's is that your first out of body experience? Because I know earlier we, we kind of spoke about lucid dreaming, and my mind was wondering if if it wasn't lucid dreaming, if it was more so a um, uh, like a, an astral travel that you were doing there because the the way that you describe everything sounded like you it was more than a dream you just had too much of a rec i guess a, a recognition i can't really say the word um too much knowledge of the the surroundings for it to to be just a dream and i know it's lucid dreaming where you're controlling it but i just had that feeling that maybe that was more out of body and this this later story you know really leads a little bit more credence to that. Have you have you ever considered that? And now a quick word from our sponsor. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Oh, yeah, look, um, that's that's what I consider it to be. Um, I, I'm, lucid dreaming happens for me uh, sporadically. Without planning, if I'm, if I, I sometimes do meditation or, you know, calming my mind and, you know, do Tai Chi. I used to do Tai Chi and things like that I have, or yoga. I haven't really done them for a while. So I haven't really had lucid dreams for a while either. But look, they are, I think they are connected and that some dreams, especially the lucid ones, are what I would call astral projection. Some people will say all dreams are uh, projecting into the astral realm, uh, and that would that would probably be uh, true too. Uh, but the ones that are very, very uh, real and vivid and uh, memorable are the ones where you're actually uh, able to astral project and keep your awareness there. Most dreams are kind of random and they, they sort of flow all over the place. Um, but this these these two or, that I've mentioned so far really were focused and I was really aware of what was going on and and things like that. So um yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah, and, and sorry to like jump in when you when you're telling the story, but I knew if I just didn't get that off my chest it would have eaten me up forever. <laughs> yeah, look, please, please. Um jump in as much as you can because I'm going to keep on going uh, but um, I, I'll, I'll move on to the next uh, the next glimpse I suppose of the psychic realm I've had and uh, again this one comes back to um, a matter of remembering and as I say I'm, I'm probably I'm probably blessed with a more than average memory but Again, when I was living in this um, uh, old cottage, the old stone cottage in the Adelaide Hills, um, I had another memory come back, come flooding back. And it's, again, I wasn't doing anything specific like meditating or, you know, rehashing my past. I was just sort of sitting idly in the room, sort of, um, you know, drifting off and... Uh, not thinking about anything, but this memory came back. And it was a, a memory that I had many, many times when I was younger, but I'd forgotten about it. So I was a, probably about 20, late 20s when I had this this uh, re-emergence of this memory. And what I remembered was the experience of getting christened 
in a church. Now, I know that happened when I was about three or four weeks old. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of bizarre because I have a very formed memory. I had a very formed idea of who I was. Now, I can remember, I'll explain the memory. I remember um, being held by the priest in the crook of his left arm. So, you know, he's sort of holding, you know, as you hold a baby. You know, I was wrapped up in swaddling cloth. So, you know, I couldn't move. I was very tight. And he was holding me in his left arm. And he had, he'd obviously, I, I don't remember seeing this or anything, but I remember I remember the scene kind of thing. There were relatives, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a dozen relatives, you know, uh, my parents and my two brothers and, uh, you know, grandparents and maybe an aunt or uncle or something. And anyway, I remember the priest uh, getting water from the font and uh, making the sign of a cross on my forehead. And, you know, as he did this, he said, in the name of Christ, I christened thee Brent and Old Chapman. And as that happened, I felt the sensation of a drop of water running down my forehead and um, along my nose and cheek, you know, next to my eye, my right eye. And... Um, at the time, I remember I had a sudden awareness or realization that came into my mind. It's oh, right. So this is who I am this time. And you know, it was suddenly it was like this action or this deed was focusing me into this body with this name at this time, and. I had that awareness from um, it sort of came from a, a beingness or a sense of existence that preceded being born, it kind of extended back in, into a time, you know, or a place or an existence. I couldn't really remember or perceive exactly, but I knew it was kind of a greater knowingness, a greater awareness that I'd come from. And I realized that this this was my life. This is what I'm going to be. Um, this is what I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to be for this, this life. This is what I'm moving into. Uh, so I'm going to be very, very focused as this person in this situation, this body uh, for this life. Um, so uh, look, a, a useful analogy that I came across the other day was, was like this. If you can imagine becoming like a single grain of sand. If you can imagine focusing yourself down into becoming a single grain of sand, when really who you are is all the grains of sand on the planet, all the grains of sands and all the beaches and all the oceans everywhere, and you suddenly become like a single grain, or e even beyond the planet, you know? And you, you're doing that because it's be the beginning of an adventure or an experience. And it's just like one of another, a never-ending series of adventures. So, again, I can't really prove that to anybody. I don't have any evidence that I can show somebody. But for me, this is my knowing, my knowingness, that I I have that um, connection, which uh, I think is really, um, it's sort of helped me become aware of, 
greater possibilities, greater realms or greater awareness. And it's something I've been able to use later on. It almost sounds like, and I don't want to sound like I'm putting words in in your mouth or anything here, but it kind of sounds like you're almost alluding to like a, a second, third life type of scenario. Oh, you mean like reincarnation? Yeah. Yeah, look, that's definitely what it is. Um, I've never done past life regressions. Oh, actually, um, I, I have. I have done it a little bit. I, I, I think I got a, a CD. I was sort of interested in this and did a CD about this, but I didn't get any results. Oh, I got a few. I've actually had, again, I'm not being 100% accurate, but I, I, I have had some, you know, uh, memories come up. And the thing, look, I think I'll tell, tell you about um, psychic impressions is that you, you don't judge them. You don't say, oh, I'm just making this up or, oh, no, that can't be right. Or, you know, I've heard that before. It sounds cliched or you just accept them and you just take them on and you say, okay, okay. And because when the more you do that, the more you can open up to it and the more, you know, the more will come. Um, Look, I have had many. So in that sense, I've had many uh, impressions and memories of previous lives. Again, I can't say, you know, I can't. Like you can hear some stories about people who've been reincarnated, and they can describe the um, the village where they were born, and you know where it was on the map and things like that. And people have gone back and looked at the map and said, "Oh wow, there was a village there. It's been erased, or you know, it no longer exists, but it was there at this time." And you know, that's like some sort of corroboration, you know, some sort of verification. I, I, I can't do that particularly. Um, but I've had some very strong uh, sort of impressions or messages or something that uh, confirm, yeah, that I've had previous lives. But I, I, I think that basically everybody has. You know, uh, how yeah. does that make you feel? Like, does that make you feel like you're you're the luckiest person alive? <laughs> because it's it's kind of like, all right. Here's another. Here's another punch card. Go around for another another round. Oh right. Uh, yeah. Look, I I hadn't thought of that in that sense um, because uh, look, it was just it just seems very natural that when these things happen to me, when these memories come to me, or when these experiences come to me, I I, I don't. As I say, I, I try to be very accepting of them and not resist them and not label them or define them and just say well okay that's that's natural and um you know i i believe that everybody if they pick up on you know if they're sensitive enough or they give it enough uh attention and notice things enough that they'll probably find that they've got these things as well happening for them um but um yeah yeah there's this there's if you look at it if you to look into it there's Hundreds and thousands of stories of reincarnation, and many of them, many of them can be um, corroborated or verified. As I say, now you find some people say, "Well, you know, this person claimed to be Cleopatra, and yet this other person also claimed to be Cleopatra, and then there's two dozen other people who claim to be Cleopatra." So it's obviously not right because somebody's lying, but it's not. That's not necessarily the case. It is um, more the case that 
two dozen people are tuning in to the frequency or the experience of being Cleopatra. So it doesn't mean they all have to be Cleopatra. And look, um, I don't think we've got enough time <laughs> to go into the whole uh, uh, thing about reincarnation but um, and the nature of existence. But um, what I got from this experience, as I say, you know, I've suddenly become this single grain of sand when really I've been a whole planet of sand or a whole universe of sand. Um, the the possibilities are, um, you know, endless. You know, you, you you could you could be any number of individuals, and also any number of individuals could be you. Okay, it's just that where you're focusing happens to be who you are now. Um, I have a, I have a really weird question for you because it it kind of makes me wonder where you are in the universe and you know where you are as a person but does it make you cherish or care less about significant moments in your life and i know that's going to sound like a a weird maybe horrible question but do when something terrible potentially happens or something kind of amazing happens to you does it just kind of roll off like water on a duck's back to you because in the in the grand scheme of things that really may not matter okay um i'll just uh, that, that's a fantastic question thanks for that and uh, i really appreciate it um and i've kind of thought about a similar thing when i was uh, going through and, and thinking of the stories i'll be telling today uh and it reminds me of um a guest you had on your show um, who had like what's called a past life review or not a past life review, a life review, sorry, uh, where they had a, I think, I believe they had a near-death experience or something like that. And they, they went through all these scenes in their life. Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. I, I forget the name of the person, but anyway, um, and I'm sure listeners have heard of this uh, life review and, the thing that this person was saying, and this is something I, I, I can uh, connect with, is that a lot of the scenes that they saw were not great, fantastic, you know, or when I got married with the birth of my first child, you know, when I graduated from college or, or whatever it was. It was simple things like, oh, you know, I was swinging on the in the playground with my best friend or, you know, um, I went down to the cafe and had a coffee or something like, you know, that just really can be mundane, small things. And it's, it's the small things that make the big things big and the big things also define the small things in a way. So they're not that anyone is better or worse. And so, um, I know some people who are really into reincarnation will say, oh, look, doesn't matter what I do, I'll get it right next time, I'll have another, another go around <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, you know, that's kind of um, devaluing the whole experience of being here and now. Um, look, I, I, I was going to move on to this a bit later on, but I'll tell you this now. You've heard the uh, expression that, you know, there is no past or present there's only the eternal now 
Yes, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, look, um, so I believe that's true. Okay, I believe that um, everything everything's now. Okay, and it's just where we're choosing to focus ourselves that uh, depend. You know, um, determines what we're experiencing. Okay, so we we are. As a human, the human experience is limited, and that's what this uh, experience of getting christened—that's what it brings back to my mind, because it, it allows me, in a sense, to have a connection to the feeling of being unlimited. I don't—I know some people, especially those who've had near-death experiences, can say that they—they've uh, gone to a, a better place or they've gone to heaven or hell in some cases, if, that, if that's what they believe. Uh, but they're very, very few. Um, and, uh, you know, that they, they say that it, uh, it is kind of um, devalues being here, you know, because they want to get back there and they, they, they think, wow, you know, what's the point of being here? They get depressed. Some people have near-death experiences and get depressed. But the thing is that, as um, I, as I, I can't say that I've really got that connection, but I've got a knowingness. I've got a feeling for it. And what my feeling tells me is that coming here into this life, which has a start and an end, you know, we're, we're always here for, a, for however many years we've got. Um, it's here to have the experience of being alive. And so it can be great experiences like... Uh, birth of your first child or getting married or all those things which are amazing and uh, we shouldn't devalue them but it can be simple things too like you know the time you were walking with your grandmother and you know you saw a beautiful sunset or even a rainy day or something like that they're they're all they're all things that you that people are here to experience and um it's not not that one is better than the other necessarily. It's just that it's it's um, um, a real thing that that we have chosen to focus ourselves upon now. Um, another thing some people have said is that life is a dream. You know, it's all an illusion or it's all a dream, and that may be true. I mean, if you look at uh, quantum physicists, they will say, look, what we think is solid is really just a big soup of. Uh, vibrating atoms which happens to give the impression or the illusion of uh, solidity so look at what we're experiencing now may be a dream and the afterlife or the other side or whatever is a um, is more real it might be that but the thing is the experience here is real you know life may be a dream but the experience is real so every experience you have is worthwhile even the ones that you prefer not, you know, like um, getting dumped by your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whoever, or, or any of those negative things. It's all just an experience. And, uh, you know, we're, we're working through them. We're uh, choosing them. We're creating them for ourselves. And, yeah, to come back to your question, I, I don't think – I don't get blasé about it. I think everything is great, you know, even having to get up in the morning and going to work, you know, I say, 
I tried, I tried to put a positive spin on it because, you know, you might as well. It's going to happen anyway. You're going to have to do these things. And so why not choose to be happy about it? And so I said, rather than saying, oh, gee, now I have to get up and go to work, I said, now, now I get up. Now I get to get up and go to work. Now I get to experience this. And I think uh, people get a little bit upset because they start to um, feel that they're not worthy of, you know, the life that they want. But the more you can expand your awareness, the more you become aware of these greater realities, the more you can think, well, yeah, I'm okay. This thing might not suit me, but I'm worthy of so much more because, you know, I came here to experience and I'm going to experience what I want. Brent, you have been such an insightful person to talk to tonight. I feel like my, my level of consciousness has raised just by talking to you and the, the, the life that you've lived is very unique and I know that we've really only kind of touched the the tip of the iceberg quite literally um, in regards to the encounters that you've had in your life but it was almost poetic just to let you uh, talk because everything is just so insightful, so powerful and, and so full of meaning which is quite unique when it comes to this to this podcast so i'm i'm really glad that we we chatted tonight because you've been just so enlightening oh oh thanks thanks gade look i, I appreciate that and uh yeah, I, I definitely do and uh, um and also i appreciate even though we can't have a bit of feedback i appreciate people listening to this too um and look if if this podcast wasn't here if this forum wasn't here then this would have just stayed in, in my mind, it would just been potential, it would never have been realised. And so I wouldn't have had the ex- this experience and you or, and the listeners wouldn't have had uh, this experience. And look, I, as I said, look, I hope people from hearing my story and my stories will get a sense that there are things out there and I'm sure everybody's had them and that they, just just a matter of picking up on them, picking up on these little fragments of the unusual, you know, uh, Looking, catching these glimpses and saying, wow, yeah, that, that's really, you know, it opens up a whole new door. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Believe Paranormal and UFO podcast. If you have had an encounter and you would like to share it, please get in touch with me. My email address is believepod at gmail.com. Finally, don't forget to follow us on all our social media outlets and be sure to join our Discord server to talk to other listeners of the show. You'll find all these links in our show notes. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.